The view, stunning. The landscape, foreboding. Your drive through the Peak District is certainly impressive. But you're not here to admire the countryside. You're here to visit an important institution. When the last little village fades from view, you turn up a dirt track. Half a mile of bumpy road before you reach the metal gates. As they start to creak open, you read the sign ahead. Welcome to the Northwest Footwear Database. Please remove your socks and shoes. The car park is crawling with security today. Your pass is repeatedly checked by worried-looking officers. What's going on? You haven't been made aware of any issues this morning. You quickly slip off your shoes and hurry inside. Pandemonium. More guards patrol reception. Behind the desk is Gwen. This is the new receptionist who has taken over from Jen. You approved Jen's replacement. She's the same shoe size as her predecessor, but her toes are more evenly spaced. You ask Gwen what's happening. You learn there's been a security breach by the perimeter. An intruder was caught trespassing on NWFD property. This is huge news to you. You're annoyed you weren't informed earlier. You're also frustrated that the disinfection mat has been removed by security. There will be no wiping of feet today. You stride into the archive hall. At least nothing looks to have been disturbed here. The air is still and the scent remains refreshingly peaty. The temps are still at work in their cupboard as though nothing has happened. Today they sort the test shoes by decadence. You ask the herd if they know anything about the security breach, but you don't know why you bother. The Tempser never told anything. They simply stare at their overripe boots. You notice the sleeping bags in the corner. The Temps have started staying over on evenings. Their parents encourage it. Through to the officers. Gareth and Jamil and Bex are all huddled together in the kitchen, deep in urgent discussion. Bex especially looks nervous now there's a security alert. But you don't want to speak to anybody in here, it's nothing to do with them. You want to speak to Zoya, second in command of the NWFD. You burst into her room, demanding answers. Zoya's there with head of security, Francine. Francine is a large figure clad in khaki. She used to be chief bodyguard for Helios, the largest boot factory in the world, before she was headhunted by the director. Her wife and business partner, Kitty, was hired alongside her, but Kitty was later declared missing in action. Francine has a map of the facility laid out on the desk. She's using Bex's action figures to reenact the incident. Zoya calmly responds to your bluster. She tells you to relax. You were to be briefed in due course. An intruder made it onto the complex in the early hours of the morning. The figure was apprehended and is now under observation. Zoya says they have the situation under control. There's just one problem. 
It's possible that this intruder is a hiker. The hairs tingle on the back of your neck. You certainly can't relax now. You all know so little of the hikers, but you know they are to be feared. You demand to see the intruder. Zoya doesn't want you involved, she thinks you are overreaching. But, as auditor, you have access to everything, including prisoners of the NWFD. Francine will escort you. Zoya insists on coming along as well. As you walk down the corridor, you start to reprimand Zoya for her lack of communication, but she holds up her hand to silence you. Communication is a two-way street, she claims. Why didn't you tell her you were interested in Benjamin Clandestine? This stops you in your tracks. Dr. Travers must have told Zoya about your investigation from your last visit. What does Zoya know of Benjamin Clandestine? There's a discussion to be had, but this is neither the time nor the place. The trespasser has been confined in the conference room, much to the annoyance of the ocular assessors. Zoya explains it's the most secure room in the building. You look through the glass at the intruder. He sits slumped and chained in a swivelly chair. He does not look like a hiker, but then nobody is fully sure what the hikers actually look like. The figure is slim and has blonde ruffled hair. He cannot be more than 30 and his features look gaunt. This can't be a dreaded creature of the night, surely. Ten years ago, a vigilante crime fighter broke into the database to steal some footprint information related to a jewellery heist. Perhaps this intruder also has a noble, if misguided, cause. You observe a guard firing questions at him. Who is he? What is his purpose here? Is he acting alone? The prisoner does not respond. Francine hands you a clipboard of intelligence gathered so far. The intruder's footprints were analysed as a matter of due course. They matched nothing on file. That's unusual. This suggests he wore custom-made shoes. Coupled with his socks, made from untraceable cotton, it's clear that this intruder doesn't wish for his motive to be discovered. His image and description have been passed on to Jamil. He's coordinating with the police, and they're currently searching for his identity. Zoya wants answers. Zoya believes force is required. She summons Dr. Travers to your quasi-council outside the conference room. Zoya proposes that the prisoner must be downtrodden. You're shocked at the suggestion. Downtrodding a person is an archaic, barbaric procedure dating back to the early days of the NWFD. It is a surgical operation conducted under the guise of footprint sterilization, but more often than not, it was used as a form of punishment, especially during the First World War. Dr. Travers also seems queasy at the prospect of downtrodding, but Sawyer is insistent that the intruder must be taught a lesson. You're against so drastic a measure. You strike a deal with Sawyer. You will have five minutes alone with the prisoner. If you are unsuccessful at extracting information, she can do what she likes. Zoya agrees. 
Francine warns you about entering the room unarmed, but you will take that risk. You enter the conference room. You shut the blinds so the others can't disturb you. You slowly approach the figure. You don't think you're in any danger, but he sits up suddenly and stares at you with watery eyes. What are you doing here? You ask the intruder. Are you a hiker? The intruder says nothing. Are you trying to steal something? You ask. This facility is full of priceless shoes as well you know. Again, no response. You try another tact. They want to have you downtrodden. Do you know what that means? Your feet will be surgically removed and buried in a pit. You will never be able to wear shoes again. Nothing. Your attention is drawn to the artifacts on a nearby table. This is the outfit the intruder arrived in before he was stripped and given an NWFD jumpsuit. You study the prisoner's clothing. It's pragmatic, non-distinct, but it's also very clean. You're ruling out hiker completely, thank goodness. It's believed the hikers are feral beings. They do not wear clean clothes. Your eyes settle on the intruder's boots. They're custom leather, clearly handmade, impossible to identify. But you spot something about the polish. You recognize the shade. Onyx opulence. You let out a shout. Zoya and Francine burst into the room. They thought you were being attacked, but no, you've worked it out. There's only one organization with exclusive rights to the shoe polish, Onyx Opulence. This intruder isn't a hiker. He isn't even a burglar. This man is from Tuckington's. As you announce this to the room, the figure lets out a quiet yelp. A quick search on the Tuckington's website confirms it. This man is Simon Lenthan, assistant head of finance. So it's true. The evil shoe conglomeration sent an agent to invade this facility for some dastardly reason, no doubt. Your blood begins to boil. You hate Tuckington's. How dare they invade this, the sanctity of the Northwest Footwear database. It's an insult to crown and country. Now you're on Zoya's side. Tuckington's must be taught a lesson. This intruder must be downtrodden. Take him away. You find yourself outside by one of the fire doors with Zoya. You're cooling off. She's vaping as you listen to the whimpers from the nearby medical wing. She's impressed at your earlier deduction and she's grateful you took her side about the downtrodding. You sense a begrudging respect for you emerging from the second in command. But the air still needs to be cleared. 
Zoya wafts away her vape fumes. She asks what you know about Benjamin Clandestine. You take a deep breath. It's time to tell Zoya the truth. You were assigned to audit the NWFT, that is true, but you did volunteer with another agenda. Benjamin Clandestine is your cousin. You were close when you were young, but you drifted as the years went by. You knew he worked for the footwear database. He sent you letters every now and then, discussing less secret aspects of his work. Out of the blue, you were posted a blank cassette from him. When you tried to follow up, you couldn't get in touch. You couldn't find any record of his employment. As you continued to dig, you couldn't even find any record of his existence. His digital footprint seems to have been wiped clean. Is the NWFT responsible? Zoya finishes vaping. She doesn't say anything. She's weighing up what you told her. You think she's pleased you're finally being honest, but she's tentative. She knows something about Benjamin. You can feel it. After an eternity, Zoya speaks. For your next visit, she promises to show you something that's relevant and top secret. You're to bring a pair of sunglasses. Until then, you mustn't speak of Benjamin Clandestine to anyone. You head back inside. The officers calm down since this morning's disruption. Bex is handing around some almond brownies. Jamil is talking about a border collie he used to be friends with. Gareth is sharing pictures of jellyfish. As you all sit around, enjoying a nice pot of tea, you feel you're part of a team. As you laugh at an amusing joke about slippers, you realise it's a shame that Tony isn't here. Where is Tony? You once knew where he'd gone, but now you can't quite recall. Time to go. You take another brownie for the road. You'll listen to the white noise on the drive back again. It will help blot out the memory of those screams. The Tuckington's man may be losing his feet, but you're slowly finding your own. Goodbye, Northwest Footwear Database. You'll be back soon enough.